Jones Knocking heads and talking trash It's slinging mud and dirt and grass With one man you've got a song The boys are fall Welcome back to another episode of the No Snowflakes Allowed Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, your commissioner, the owner of the 4-1 Golden Tate Warriors, Adam Plumstead. I am recording live from in my car because these two special guests, I had I had to fit in a nice little time slot for these guys because they're busy motherfuckers. First off, it is... Uh, our favorite reoccurring guest, it is Levi Hubbard and my brother making his uh, regular season debut on the No Snowflakes Allowed Fantasy Football Podcast. It's my brother, owner of the 4-1 Saquon's Icy Legs, Ryan Plumstead. Fellas, how are we doing? Hey, hey Adam. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Nice to see you. It was good seeing you last weekend too. All right, we'll get right into it. We'll get it. We'll get him right into it with our scores from Week Five. Our first matchup: Joe knocked me off from the ranks of the undefeated. Joe moves to four and one. I dropped to four and one. Joe won one sixteen to one twenty four. Big performances from OBJ with twenty eight points, and then Big Ben had twenty one as well. Christian McCaffrey found the end zone. I had a monster performance from James Conner and Philip Rivers, but my wide receivers kind of dropped the goose on that goose egg on that one. So, fellas, what do you guys have to say about this matchup? Um, yeah, really just, I mean, it was your first loss, so that was good to see, at least from my end. Um, but it was surprising to see your receivers drop off so much. Uh, usually they're pretty solid. So, if I were you, I wouldn't like seeing that as I get into all my bye weeks. But, hey, here we are. Here we are. All right. Levi, you have anything to add or you're good? Uh, makes me happy to see that the week before I have to play you. Yeah, all my receivers on buys. All right, our <laughs> next game. Levi's new team name, Don't Lynch Marshawn Part 2. <laughs> Came out with a 109-84 point victory over Beans' Krispy Kreme. Levi moves to 4-1. and one. Beans drops to 0-5. Oh Beans had a great game from Aaron Rodgers. Kareem Hunt did his thing. But 2.6 <laughs> points from uh, Jordan Reed and 0.6 points from Doug Baldwin really hurts his team. Levi had really, really relied upon Todd Gurley. He got 31 points. Zach Ertz did his thing with 22. And Stephon Diggs dropped another 15-point-plus game without finding the end zone. Levi, walk me through your victory. You know, it really just comes down to the fact that uh, me and Beans were both at the top of the draft and Todd Gurley was the right pick. Le'Veon Bell was not. Agreed. And now that Beans doesn't have Le'Veon, he is... He is searching for some star power. Ryan, anything to add about a brother? Um, no, nah, Beans is struggling right now. It hurts seeing Ebron drop 27 on his bench. You just, you pray, you pray to the fantasy gods that he can turn his season around, but we've all had that season. So, I'm sorry, Beans, but this is your year. <laughs> yep, finally came back to bite him. All right, our third game. 
Ryan Saquon's icy legs beat Villainous Victory. Zach's team one twenty three to one oh one. Brian moves to four and one. Zach moves to two and three. Ryan's team had a great game from Saquon Barkley once again. It looks like Devontae Adams tore the Lions defense a new one. And in his second and final appearance on Ryan's team, Sonny Michelle added 18 points as well. Zach had a great season debut from Mark Ingram with 20 points. Antonio Brown did his thing with 25, but he was unable to really get anything going from his uh, other skill position players at negative defense. Zach usually has a good outing from his defenses. But, Ryan, walk me through your victory here. Uh, yeah, I pretty much relied on Saquon's legs the entire year, and he's put up 20-plus just about every game. So been relying on him hard, and he's pulling through, so I'm happy using my first-round pick on him. Otherwise, um, the rest of my team is just pretty consistent, so it's hard finding the right matchups, um, you know. So I thought that Juju was going to have a bigger game with playing Atlanta, who does not have – a great defense, but, you know, Antonio Brown took a lot of those targets. Happy to come out with a win, though. Oh, yeah, always happy to get a win. Levi, any final words? Uh, I think especially after this week's trade for Le'Veon Bell, Ryan's team is just uh, the best in the league uh, currently. And, uh, you know, Zach's team isn't bad. He just was facing the best team in the league. Yep, I agree. All right. And our fourth matchup, it looks like defending champ Team Tim Tebow, Jake Peacock, had the benefit of facing the lowest score in the league. Jake came out with an 87.5 to 80.8 victory over Dom. I spanked myself, moves to 1-4, and four, and Jake moves to 4-1. and one. For Jake, Deshaun Watson did his thing with 21 points. A.J. Green got 14, and Chris Carson, even though he didn't find the end zone, got 13 as well. For... For Dom, it, unfortunately, Brandon Cooks got a concussion in the second quarter. Was unable to score any points for him. Adam Thielen is balling right now. 21 points for him. DeAndre Hopkins tore up Dallas' defense with 17. And his newly acquired Jared Goff got 14 points as well. But his kicker missed. Uh, he got some negative points as well. And Jared Cook was not unable was unable to repeat his past performances. You guys have anything to add about this? This is kind of an ugly game all around. Yeah, it looks like their benches had um, a lot more star power than the guys that they actually started. So uh, you hate seeing that. Levi? Bummer on Brandon Cooks because that should have been an easy win, but I think that was just bad luck. Yeah, I agree. All right, our final matchup. T.J. Darling finally got his first win of the year, and he did so in an explosive fashion. He got a 128.1 to 119.7 to Kyle's team. Big Cups is 1-4, and and poor one out for Mahomes is 1-4 and as well. Melvin Gordon did Melvin Gordon things, got 20 points. Cooper Cup got 18 before he left with a concussion. T.J. Yeldon, a newly acquired pickup for T.J., got 22 as well. And for Kyle, he actually had a pretty good performance this week. David Johnson got 20. Kenny G got 18. And it looks like Kenyon Drake finally found the end zone with 21 points. Guys, do you have anything to add about this? This was a great, great performance by TJ, in my opinion. 
Not a whole lot to add on my end. Um, yeah, these teams both can explode, as you saw. So, um, yeah. Probably would have been a little closer if Safiri and Jenkins hadn't gone out uh, and laid an egg for poor one out for Mahomes. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Good All game. Right. Yeah, it was a good game. All right, quick look at the standings. We have four teams tied at first. Us three, Ryan, Levi, and myself are all at 4-1, and one, along with Joe, tied at first. Oh, and Jake. Forgot about Jake. He's at 4-1 and one as well. Zach is next at 2-3. and three. And then we have a three-way tie after that with Kyle, TJ and Dom at one and four, and then Beans is at rock bottom at zero oh and five. Oh. All right, I'm not going to ask you guys about that. We already we already kind of talked about it in our recap. All right, so our money manzel goes out to TJ Darling. Congrats to TJ. That's his first money manzel of the year. Fake news goes to Dom. And this was probably his first performance that he didn't drop a hundred points. So unfortunately for Dom, he had a really bad week. And then our final award of the week is the Snowflake of the Week. And since Levi gave uh, one when he came on in week two, uh, we're going to have Ryan give out this week's Snowflake. So, Ryan, take it away. Um, You know, and this is just in trend with the entire year, but uh, my Snowflake goes out to Beans. What are you doing, dude? What What's going on with your team? You just gave me your best player for what? Sony Michelle and two other scraps. Man, what a year. Uh I I I I when I first saw that trade I was like, Are you kidding me? I offered a better trade than that and he just he just thought that ugh I I don't know. I don't know. It's it's frustrating beans playing watching beans struggle through this year. We're heavily relying on Quincy Inunua and Aaron Jones. Now Aaron Jones is on your team along with Doug Baldwin. He didn't even give Doug Baldwin a fighting chance. He just decided to ship him off after one week. What a disappointing effort from Beans. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Beans. All right, let's go right into our segment. Uh, I was kind of thinking, guys, that I... I wanted to fire off a couple quick scenarios, what ifs for you guys. I want to know your gut reactions and why you feel like this. So, this, right. so, this, so hey, um, are we going to do it like you ask specifically one of us? Because half the time you've been asking questions, we've just kind of like looked at yeah, you. Know. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll ask each of you specifically. Cool, cool. All right. So my first question goes to Levi. Jason Garrett's been on the hot seat, or we feel like he's been on the hot seat, even though Jerry Jones says he's not. If he's fired either during this year or after the season, will Dak Prescott be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys next year with the new head coach? Yes, Dak's going to be starting, uh, but the addition of a new head coach, I think, opens up the there's a lot bigger chance for him to lose that starting position. So, yes, he'll definitely be starting at the beginning of the season, uh, but whether or not he retains that position, I'm unsure about. I think it would be pretty easy for him to lose it, but he also 
if they can at least get him a good receiver, he'd be able to keep it down. Mm-hmm. All right, my next what-if scenario, Ryan, uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think his name is like Serene Khan or something. Sad Khan, whatever. And he's uh, he's in the process of buying Wembley Stadium, where we go and where the NFL goes and plays in London a couple times a year. Within the next ten years, could you see the Jacksonville Jaguars moving to London? Absolutely, I think um, with the way that just everything is being globalized in terms of the economy, in terms of manufacturing. Um, it would only make sense that um, the NFL expands more uh, than just America. And so London has seen a lot of interest, um, or expressed a lot of interest, excuse me. Um, And, you know, 10 years is a long time. 10 years is a long time. So I could definitely see it happening. Mm -hmm. The only thing I wanted to add about that is, you know, there, it could be a competitive advantage towards the Jaguars for teams having to go out there eight eight times a year. Division rivals have to go out there all once. They have to, like, redo their sleep schedule and everything. I could see something like, it, it, I don't know, the NFL would get would have to get weird with it. They would have to have, like, four games in Jacksonville and, like, four games in London. It'd be, it'd be a little weird, but I could definitely see it happening within ten years. All right. So I got two more. I'm going to start one. This one goes to Ryan because it involves your newly acquired Le'Veon Bell. Let's hear it. So obviously Jay Ajayi tore his ACL. And, you know, the they just restructured Fletcher Cox's contract to free up cap space for this year and next year. Could you see, could you see the Eagles making a move for Le'Veon Bell and providing him like an incentive package so that if he – reach certain milestones or get certain uh, statistics, he could get bonuses into this year and next year. Um, so what's the actual question? Do I see it happening? Do you, do you see the Eagles making a move to Le'Veon Bell? Because their um, bye weeks are, like, right next to each other. Yeah, you know, I could see it happening, but I don't – realistically, I don't see – like, I could see it happening – Yes, sure, that's a good scenario because J.H.I. just tore his ACL. Um, but they just signed J.H.I. to um, a new deal. They have two other backs there that are very competent. Um, and so I don't know if spending all that money on two legit running backs is the best move, even though it might be the quote-unquote best um, value for the position in the market right now because J.J. is out, but injuries are part of the game. Um, right. so I, don't, I don't see them unloading all of their cap space on running backs. Mm-hmm. Right now, the, the, I guess, talks are for LaShawn McCoy's dead body corpse coming back to Philly. I don't know why they would do that because he's a lot older and say he's been injured the past three years. But who knows? The Eagles won the Super Bowl for a reason. They're a good front office. All right, Levi, my last question in this, uh, I don't know, quick hit, we'll fire scenario. So I'm trying trying to think between two options that I would ask you about. Um, so the Falcons are one and four. 
right now. Obviously, the defense is in shambles with the injuries going on. Matt Ryan's throwing for a billion yards, even though he didn't do so much last week. Injuries between Kevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, offensive line. There's injuries everywhere. The Falcons, I think, have underperformed since they lost the Super Bowl, even though they made the playoffs last year. I think they just haven't looked like a good, complete football team. Levi, do you think there's some pressure on Dan Quinn? And that, Levi, do you think there's some pressure on Dan Quinn uh, to either turn this thing around or uh, or do you think he's on the hot seat? Well, yeah, the pressure's obviously there, um, but I don't think that it's bad coaching. I think uh, primarily it comes down to injuries because you talk about a defense that had a lot of playmakers, specifically Vic Beasley, who went down earlier this season. Um, and, you know, when everyone's healthy, that's a star-studded defense, and, you know, they can at least help. That's better than average. And then you look at the offense. Offensive line is incredibly talented, and, uh, you know, I think I mentioned them in, earlier this year in one of my rankings for my O-linemen, but that's a team that should be performing very well, um, but there's just so many ridiculous injuries. So, yeah, he needs to turn it around because he's the head coach and that's his job, but I don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat. He's mm-hmm. got an offense that's performing incredibly well. Calvin Ridley is everything Amari Cooper was meant to be but couldn't be. Uh, you have Julio Jones, who in my opinion is the best receiver in football. And then Devontae Freeman and Kevin Coleman, though they've been injured, they're, that's probably the best running back duo uh, that we've seen in a while. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a lot of bad luck going on with the Falcons this year. I don't think Dan Quinn uh, should be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Levi, give me your NFC championship game uh, prediction, and, Ryan, you'll give me your AFC game prediction, AFC championship game. You want to switch? I want the NFC. Okay. Yeah, you can do the Yeah, I want the NFC. All right, so Ryan, you give me your NFC championship game. Levi, you give me your AFC championship game. Uh, In the NFC, this is easy for me, really, really easy. But um, I got the Rams and I got the Vikings. Levi, AFC. AFC, I'm going to – this is a tricky one, but I actually think the uh, Chargers are going to make it, and I think it's going to be Chargers and Patriots. I couldn't agree more with the Patriots, and I couldn't agree more with the Rams. Uh, I think in the NFC, I think the Saints will end up uh, getting home field. or They'll they'll be the number two seed behind the Rams, and, uh, you know, it's warm weather or a dome, so I think Drew Brees and that offense will be fine. In the AFC, I think – Chargers are not a bad pick, but I think that Jacksonville's defense will turn it around and we'll have a rematch between the Pats and the uh, Jaguars. I don't think the Chiefs can keep up this crazy pace. All right, going on to our Week 6 predictions. Levi, we'll do our game last, and we'll start off with Ryan's game. It looks like Ryan is playing Dom's team. Ryan's 4-1. and one. And Dom is one and four right now. Ryan is about a ten, eleven point favorite. Ryan, why do you think you're going to win this week? Um, I got my guys in there, man. Uh, these are the guys that I've been kind of targeting all season, and finally, Alshon Jeffrey's back. 
Um, Devontae Adams is healthy. Smith-Schuster has been having a couple down games, if I'll call it. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's bound for a rebound game, to say. Uh, So I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I think you'll win as well. I think it'll be pretty close in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) I think it'll, it'll come down to whether Alfred Morris or James White has the better performance. Levi, do you got anything to add about this one? Uh, again, I still think Ryan's team is the best in the league right now, and you just can't beat the best team in the league. So, yeah, I'm going with Ryan's team. Mm-hmm. Next game, we got Joe, far forever, at 4-1 and one against TJ, big cups. Right now, TJ is an 11-point favorite, but that's without Joe's kicker, who is on a bye right now. Uh, I'm, I'll just come out and say I think TJ wins this one. Uh, I think, again, I think it'll be really, really close. It really will come down to Philip Lindsay versus uh, Dalvin Cook, but that's what I think. Ryan, who, what do you think about this one? Um, this is actually a pretty good matchup because uh, TJ's team has been coming out hot the past couple of weeks, and um, you know part of that's due to Carson Wentz coming back and other guys getting healthy. Uh, Philip Lindsay coming on strong, but. Um, it's hard to pick against Joe, man. He's got so much depth in that in his starters. So I think I'm going to pick Joe in this one. Levi, uh, this I couldn't tell you who's going to win this one because you know TJ just had a huge week. Uh, but you look at last week and Joe was very close to winning that money Manziel too. So uh, the projections have. TJ about 11, but I don't think that's really a fair assessment without a kicker. So I, I couldn't tell you on this one. It's going to be a really good game to watch, though. Yeah, I think so as well. All right. Jake Peacock at 4-1. Team Tim Tebow is going up against Kyle Wood. Poor one out for Mahomes, who's at 1-4. and four. Right now, it looks like that uh, Jake is a 4.5-point underdog to Kyle. I will say that Jake always finds a way to win. I think this uh, week is no different. Uh, I like the fact that Kyle made some free agency moves, picking up uh, Smallwood and picking up Austin Hooper. Uh, And I think that Mahomes is going to have a pretty solid game against New England. I think in the grand scheme of things, New England's not really going to care much about this game because it's not towards the playoffs. So uh, I'm uh, going to pick Jake in a close one. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle in this one. He's due for a win. Um, Just like you said, he made a couple free agency moves. I think David Johnson is coming into his own skin a little more. Um, LaShawn McCoy is getting really healthy. Um, Yeah, I I got Kyle in this one. I think he's due for a win. Levi. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm probably going to go with Jake on this one just because uh, he's got a solid team. A.J. Green, George Kittle is a good tight end to have. Uh, Alfred Blue's been playing really well. Um, Isaiah Crowell obviously had a huge week. And I do think it's going to be another close game. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to have to go. I, my, my gut tells me Jake. Mm-hmm. All right. So we – what did we do? Oh, we got three more games left. Okay. So our next matchup is between the two and three Villainous Victory – Zach's team against uh, 
Krispy Kreme beans team. As of right now, Zach is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. To Ben, uh, I will say Ben moves to 0-6. And of it, because he, I mean, he's, no, no, never mind. He's not starting Quincy and Nunwa, so. And so I'll say Ben wins. Ben gets win number one. Ryan. Uh, you know, I think Bean's gonna have it's gonna have a strong week, and by strong I mean above a hundred points, but that's strong for him. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's hard to pick against Zach right now. His his team is looking hot. Uh. Got Jordan Jordan Howard back in the lineup. Antonio Brown is coming into his own. Um, let me see here. I think Cam Newton has a big game too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got Zach. Levi. Uh Zach. And it's <laughs> it's yeah. just for the beans team. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our game of the week is between. Levi's team, Don't Lynch Marshawn Part 2, who's 4-1, and one, going up against myself, the Golden Tate Warriors, and who's also 4-1, and one, two, battle of two heavyweights right now, the league leader in scoring versus number four, I think Levi is in scoring right now. As of right now, Levi is a nine-point favorite over me. Levi, you want to – actually, we'll talk – we'll let Ryan go first, and then Levi and I can talk. All right, I got Levi in this one. Um, and that's just because you've got some of your star power on uh bye week Adam and Levi's team has full is full strength right now, so it's hard for me to look at I mean Gurley's projected twenty and probably gonna go for thirty. Diggs could have another thirty point game. Levi's team is meant to pop. Um and I think I think you're in a um uh, defenseless situation here with some of your bye weeks. Yeah, I knew when I drafted that week six was going to be tough with tough for me with with Michael Thomas on a bye and Carrion Johnson on a bye and Golden Tate on a bye. So that it puts me at extreme disadvantage. I'll, I will need, like, Sammy Watkins to score a touchdown. I'll need Devin Funches to score a touchdown. I'll need Kyle Rudolph to score a touchdown. I'll need all these guys that just kind of role players in their offenses to really pop off and, and explode to have a chance to beat Levi. I don't like my chances, but, you know, I've been I've been 4-1 picking myself so far, so I'll pick myself again, hopefully to go to 5-1. Levi, defend your team. All right, Adam. Well, again, I think what it's going to come down to is, one, you've got a lot of players on buys, but also the addition of Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch really makes my team pop. Uh, and there's just a lot going in my favor. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick my team. Uh, I think I've got a steadier chance, but you have good depth, and so you've got guys you can fill in for those who are on buys, and it just really depends on how you're, uh, the guys you're plugging in for them perform. If they do well, then, hey, I don't see any reason why you can't win. Um, right. But if they have poor performances, then it's me all the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, it's, not just the projections, just looking at the lineups. You clearly have more star power than I do this week, so it'll be a, it'll be a good win for you to go to five and one and four and two. I'm still sitting comfortably in the top four places in fantasy football. All right, so those are our week six picks for fantasy football, and our final segment of the day before we let you go 
is we have a couple of rule rule ideas or changes for next year. We'll start off. Levi approached me with this last weekend when I was in East Lansing. Levi, do you want to take it away from here and explain what we were talking about? Absolutely. So as the first winner of the toilet bowl, I feel I need to set a precedent uh, for future winners. And so I'd like to uh, propose an idea where the toilet bowl champ uh, each year has the number one pick in the upcoming year after that. Uh, there should be some sort of reward to continue your effort, even if you're in the loser's bracket. Um, and obviously this is, you know, this is the award. Uh, you get the toilet seat, which is hanging uh, very high up in my house, and I'm really enjoying looking at it every time I do laundry. But uh, it wasn't enough. So, and I think it would be fitting. I already had the first round pick this year. We should just continue that. Um, mm-hmm. So I propose it to the league. I think it should be a league vote. Um, I can definitely see why some might vote no for it, but I think all around it will really benefit our league um, mm-hmm. for the future more than anything. I like the idea as well, Levi, but I'll, I also want to bring up a point that Ryan usually makes to me is that New year, new start, you know, everyone starts from scratch and and you know, it's it's not like Jake Jake gets automatically gets last place in draft in drafting because he's a league champ. And uh, you know, I think everyone starting off at an even playing field would be nice. But I do like the idea and I think that it would be it would give someone an incentive to be uh to go after the toilet bowl you know, go after winning it, winning that toilet bowl instead of not getting last place like I did last year. So, Ryan, do you have anything to touch up on that? Um, this is the first time I've heard this rule. Uh, I haven't talked to Levi about it at all. Um, but I like it in terms of, you know, new year, new start. Um, I, I think of this rule, at least in – the same way that I think of the keeper rule, I think that keepers are still kind of, um, if we're truly going to try and say new year, new start, then I don't think keepers are um, a good idea and don't fit into to that uh, mantra at all. Um, so if we are playing in a keeper league, I kind of like this rule as well because it's either – it can be randomized, and the league winner can get the first overall pick and still have a great keeper because they probably had a great draft pick that won them the league. Or it can be given to somebody who didn't have such a great year, but they finished strong. Um, you know, the more right. I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I like the rule. And that's just um, because it's really not too much that you're giving up like someone's going to have the over, the first overall pick right like why not make it something that is played for and then everything else is random or the entire draft order after that is randomized but mm-hmm. um yeah i, I think I, I would vote for the rule honestly if we were voting right now i'd vote for the rule Mm-hmm. I'd vote for it too, and obviously since Levi brought it up, he'd vote for it as well. So that's three votes right there. But we'll bring it up at the end of the year. So our final rule idea that we were kind of talking about, uh, Joe brought it up during the Le'Veon Bell 
trade fiasco in our league. Uh, fiasco. Maybe, maybe, maybe removing removing the idea of removing the idea of having the league veto trades and just have it be a league manager veto when collusion is obvious. Joe has many, many bad rules that he uh, spits out to the public in our league, but I think this is one that I necessarily, I kind of like, or I'd like to discuss with you guys. It's Ryan, uh, make your case for this league veto rule. For the league veto rule? For, no, for removing it, like just making a league manager. Well, for me, um, it comes down to how the specific owner of a team values uh, the players in a trade. So um, I think it's less a question about um, is this a completely fair trade to you? I don't think that's the way that we should be asking the question, which is the way that it's set up right now. Um, I think people veto a trade if they think it's unfair. I, I don't like that setup. What I would rather it be is, is this trade collusion? Basically, is somebody giving up a kicker for a first-round pick or, or something like that where it's clear that there was something outside of fantasy football within the deal, right? Right. And so um, – like TJ offering lap dances for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, you know, I think it should be a question of our teams, is each team giving up valuable assets that could be, like it doesn't matter where specifically you value each player in a trade. It only matters where the players involved or the owners involved in the trade value them, right? So, like, let's say that I value someone really low and want to trade them away, but you value him really high. So you're willing to give up um, a piece of your team uh, for him, whereas I'm like, eh, I don't really want him. So I think it should be more a question of uh, is each team giving up value and is the value – proportionate or similar um, rather than do you think this is a fair trade? So that's where I stand on the subject. Where, so I'll play devil's advocate. Obviously it's you, every owner chips in $75 every year and you get to manage your team however you want because you chipped in that money and it's your money. You get to do, you get to, you get to do whatever with that team that you paid for. But also, to the other eight or nine teams in the league, it's like, well, I chipped in $75 as well. I'm basically burning money if I think these trades are being ripped off and and I, there's just some clear competitive disadvantage to the fact that in, this, in, in one case, Ryan was giving up uh, two bench players in Sonny Michelle for a starting – for the second best running back in the league and a starting wide receiver in the league and a bench player or Aaron Jones, excuse me. He's elite. So, uh, so I, I could see other people being like, well, what the heck? Ryan's just obviously had, we, there's no chance against Ryan now, but, uh, but we'll leave it up to you guys, the people, uh, for those ideas that, uh, we kind of threw out there for you. 
you guys have any uh, final words for the people, starting with Levi? Uh, this is America. We should be able to make the trades we want without someone else telling us, no, you can't do that. That's my take on that situation. I think I think that both owners and in, in, in involved in a trade should be or have to argue on why this is a benefit to their team. And if they can argue that the trade is benefiting them or or um, there's an immediate impact that benefits them, what then, then that's a good trade. But if they're like, oh, well, I just gave up my kicker for a number one pick. No, that's not really. So okay. fantasy football court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have to defend yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I I get it. Ryan, any any other final words? Nah. All right. Well, to everyone in No Snowflakes Allowed Fantasy Football League, this is your commissioner. For Ryan, for Levi, and for myself, thank you so much for listening. We hope you tune in next week when defending league champ Jake Peacock comes on the show. All right, have a good one, guys. That's hot and horny. Don't say shit like that. Show me from the top, listen. Ah! Hold on, man. Shout out ASAP Rocky, man. Aug in the building, man. What's good? Is that potato salad? Yo, listen. Niggas give me the cold shoulder. I can speak for myself. So I keep a hot waist and alligator the belt. Ain't got a belt with the holster. I ain't playing games, but got some little niggas who would do it. So I pass the controller. You can press the next out. Try angle your nose. Pause your life if you squares. Try to mess with my O's. Whoa. So cut the crap like shit barbers. Cause we really with the beef like cars of the gay fathers. Nigga, we get dollars. Give them the bin baller. Exchange for them chains. I saw shiny with thick water. I got back pains. Neck heaven like whipped cream. My whip clean. And they all right. I whip cream. And cop boards and I draw a stick. I whip cream and cop cribs. I got more space than big jeans. Y'all sleeping on me. Explain why they got shit dreams. I'm alien. Got the laser gun with the big beam. Married to the money, my bitch green. No, I don't sit lean, but ride around in rockets like yeah, I mean y'all niggas weak. They thought I was goofy and all mouses. Double C my luggage and fill them with comb blouses. Y'all cop cush, my nigga. I cop houses and fill them with some Leo to capture some cold sprouses, nigga. Where we Rocky, ASAP, golf boy, where we at, nigga, in Paris? Fuck clothes, I cop pieces, couple dots with me and them hoes like divas. Got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. Flip a couple packs, bass guard in the speakers, bass all in the speakers. In the field like baseball, play ball, face ball when police come. I don't rock Chanel, I rock channel. Hell no, this ain't a purse, it's a statue. Bless at you. Nah, I ain't sneeze, but if niggas want steam or smoke, bet I match you. Got a bullet with your name on the barrel. If hollows don't clip, you get nipped like it's cat food. That dude, when I die, I gotta make the statue. Bad attitude, this ain't a purse, it's a statue. Go to any nigga with money up in my bracket. Then I think about the state of rapping. All the freshmen in the classes, all the super seniors mumbling and rambling, mumbling and rapping, mumble rapping. I find it hard to find actual talent. I find it hard to find an actual challenge. Unlike Shabazz Palaces, last acid hit, elaborate, rat labs, labyrinth, word to Kodax, Blacks, Lazarus, call drops Ayo, on the album skits. I'm the channel that you watch, I'm the ammo on the Glock, weird nigga, full suit with the sandals and the socks, stop. 
and bass on my neck, boy. You would think I hate glass homes where I'm handling the rocks. Who cast the first stone? Bitch, it's me, fuck your thought. Real grunge, nigga. I ain't got a flannel as the top, and I'm picking up guitar. Still, I'm nigga bum. Niggas wish they could make a garden shed, but they sleeping on me, man, like they arm is dead. I'm a wild nigga, boy, and you farmer bread. Born, you ain't animal, you all corn. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I have nothing cool to do. <laughs> <laughs>